The takeover triple X slash 30 who will reign North American champion we flipping no it won't be hello and welcome to the LOB radio NXT review my name is Matt Mayer aka imp and we are live here on YouTube and also available in podcast form links in the description or head over to wrestlingheadlines.net for your wrestling news or info on this and whatnot also a link to red circle where you can find exclusive Wrestling Headlines slash LOP Radio. I'd, I'd like to end this period where I have to say slash and go to the old name. <laughs> the sentences are so long. <laughs> you can go to Red Circle for LOP Radio content, including the whole back catalogue for everything as well. I mean, we're all here on YouTube as well if you want to see our pretty faces. <laughs> but uh, audio versions are also available. Anyway, I'm going to click off something so that I can bloody concentrate. So, <laughs> this Saturday is NXT TakeOver 30. And uh, it was nice of them to call it TakeOver Triple X, so all the YouTubers have got to constantly remind people, don't Google it. <laughs> Type in the numbers. 30. Oh, God. So, yeah, thanks for that, NXT. Thanks for that. But uh, they have spent this show bigging, bigging up, <laughs> building up to TakeOver 30. And it's, it's, it's one of those that's been built up relatively well, like every other TakeOver kind of is. There's been a few weird steps. But there's also it's a bit. But by the end of it, at the end of the show, I was thinking. I mean, overall, it's been built up relatively well. I kind of care, which is like the most important thing uh, compared to. I know 100% this time next week, I will not give a crap about payback. <laughs> I will not care at all. As like, like, yeah, that's damn right, James. Pull a face. They're doing payback one week after SummerSlam, which is. Mental. I thought it was two weeks. No, I thought it was two weeks. I didn't no, know it was. Wow. No. Wow. No, yeah. And like for me, the Britishman, I like having time to recover. It's quite nice. <laughs> like after I've been up super late doing aftershock, it's quite nice being able to recover again and then get upset uh, with paybacks. Like, oh, well. Point being that I am generally looking forward to staying up for Takeover. I don't know how much of that is set on past precedent of Takeovers overall being great, or you look at a pairing and you're thinking, well, even if the build wasn't 100%, the match itself will be great. But Keith Lee carrying cross, I didn't buy the. I didn't really care for the fire book, <laughs> the fire contract. However, the match itself is going to be great. I, I have kind of like no question about that as well. Especially after seeing like on the indies how well Keith Lee wrestles against other big men. So I know how well he can handle himself in that kind of style of match. So really looking forward to that. Obviously. The one that this title of this video is based on is the North American Championship up for grabs in the ladder match, creating a nice kind of callback to the first North American Championship ladder match. I was previously enjoying seeing all of these kind of new guys and characters that haven't really had their break yet get entered into the match, which again mirrored the original and as favourites. And I feel like at the two that got added today were a bit more kind of uh, established names. And I can't remember that being the case in the first one. Maybe it was. But it's a... Now, I'm trying to think... I guess that's, uh, I'm, there might have been in one of those periods where a lot of guys had left, though. Yeah, they, I mean, they had Cole, who had been around, and Velveteen, who had, you know, had the match uh, 
by that by that um Survivor Series weekend before um against Alistair Black that kind of got him you know started the ball rolling for him. But aside from that, it was EC3 coming through the or Ricochet's first match. Um, then you had uh, Killian Dane and Lars. So you're right. Like this is far more established now with you know unfortunately Velveteen, but with Johnny in it, someone like Cameron Grimes who you know. Once the bell rings, he's you know he's pretty much established someone that always gets his stuff over since he's been around for about a year, um, and you know and Priest of course. So you know I feel like it's a lot more, it's it's a more known uh, entity type of a uh, situation this time around. Yeah, and I I'm looking forward to it obviously because they've got I'm not even ex- I'm not expecting them to hit the heights of the original. I am planning at some point tomorrow to watch. The original North American Championship ladder match, just because I remember, I might be setting myself up for failure, <laughs> but <laughs> I remember enjoying it so much. I just kind of, like, I've just been busy. I've been meaning to watch it. I didn't mean to leave it this close to the <laughs> next one, but I do want to uh, generally go back and watch it. And it's, but yeah, I was really enjoying seeing it get filled up with all these names. Like Damian Priest has been so close to getting that next moment uh, that this, he feels like he really does fit in. Like, kind of like Adam Cole was at the last one, where he was, like, on the cusp. He just needed to get a championship, and that's what this was for him. So I feel like Damien Peace is in a similar kind of thing when we get to, like, predictions for it. I, I don't know who I'm leaning to in that case. Uh, it's, like, Bronson Reed as well. It's been great seeing someone like him get added to it. Again, who's not really had much of a thing. Like, since winning the, what, NXT debut tournament thing that uh, ACH and Cameron Grimes were also in. Whatever the breakout tournament. Breakout tournament, that was it. Yep. Yes, since then he's not really had anything to do. He's been kind of simmering in the background, kind of like establishing, I guess, his entrance and everything. And now he's like, he's totally ready and I'm really enjoying his stuff. Um, again, I'm biased. I loved him as Jonah Rock on the Indies. <laughs> so I'm, I'm a little bit biased as it is. Uh, but yeah, that's building up Josh- as well. Oh, Josh of uh, keeping a strong style. He he had a big um, like be on the lookout for him. Like he really liked his work before. Um, so he was kind of like, all right, when are you gonna finally you know put something to him? And this you know it's been a year, but this is like now they're finally you know getting to it with him. So that's good at least, I guess. <laughs> and I thought the ending to tonight's show did a really good job of it was just like a fun segment with the just chaos and everybody jumping in, getting their move in. And the, for me, the note that kind of saved it all, uh, right, especially given the kind of sour feeling a little bit with the finish of the match, I feel like the thing that saved it was Bronson Reed being the one standing tall at the end. WWE rules normally mean the guy who holds it up at the end doesn't win. <laughs> so him winning this battle pretty much secures his failure. <laughs> but <coughs> it was a nice little note <laughs> to end on. Just like him standing tall. Uh, like rather than somebody else, or just kind of ending with the match result type of thing. I really liked <laughs> Rich Ladder in the chat. <laughs> Cole sucks, go McAfee. <laughs> and when we get to McAfee, as, a, as somebody who doesn't have a clue who he is, as somebody who has no idea who those people he brought with him are, I assumed other NFL people, for all I know, they were extras. <laughs> they don't. They meant nothing to me. Um, they they didn't say anything. They, yeah, they were just there. <laughs> I was just like... Oh, I'm in my notes. I've called them Sierra Sierra Hotel Echo Lima Pat. But you talk in North American Championship like that. It's I feel like it's been built in a fun way rather than a like interweaving storylines kind of way, and 
Um, they've done because the last one did a really good job of getting your big lads and your little lads to high flies. It was Ricochet's debut, if I'm right, and yep. and Indie Darling's in there as well. This time, I don't get that sense of a top high flyer unless I'm forgetting an entrant. But uh, there is the big lads and the smaller lads, like Cameron Grimes, yeah. cast a smaller as well. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Not. No. I mean, we. You know, we have Ricochet in one match. That's just a whole other level. Mm. So, I just want to blast through the topic. Nobody, uh, topic. I don't really want to talk about. I feel like I have to, and I've got my notes for it as well. Just get through it. Eight minutes into the show, so it's done. I'm going to have a bit of thing. So, the, where I've got my notes for it, Finn Balor cut a promo on Velveteen Dream, and, and it's a normal Finn Balor promo. I love the way they're shot. I love the way they're delivered. You really, Finn Balor's just great in these. Uh, it's one of those where I just feel like, oh, if he got this on the main roster, oh, it irritates me, because <laughs> it's so great. Um, like, he's great, but I'm finding it really difficult to get invested. Like, as they've handled, as WWE as a whole, has handled Dream's accusations so badly in a complete PR breakdown. Like, I don't care, in this scenario specifically, I don't care whether he did it or not. This is purely about the PR handling of it. Like, in that case as well, in terms of PR... They don't really, it doesn't really matter. It's more about how do you handle it? How do you treat it from there as well with what everybody knows? Because we don't know. And his return was too early. Triple H's statement a week late. The mystery opponent, a trick of trust. And the fan reaction reflects all of that. Like, turning him heel to counter that reaction isn't going to be enough. Saying, can we move on, please, isn't going to cut it. Like, these accusations are extremely serious. And during this time, Patrick Clark should be nowhere near our TV screens. Like, I love NXT, but this is really bad. And um, Deadspin posted an article which held no punches. And I felt like it hit, only hit a little bit harder because of the media call that had happened like a day or so before. And Deadspin just flat out saying that they've put an accused child abuser on television with out addressing it as if it didn't happen. He's just gone two months and came back and the media call saying, oh, he was gone because of the car accident. The car accident was legit. It did happen at the same time. But to say, oh, we looked into it, didn't do it, a week after his debut, where he was a mystery opponent, it's just, in terms of PR, it's horrendous. It's awful. And they seem to be making bad step after bad step. And Which, again, it sucks because I, I really love NXT and this... I actively took away from it for me and like maybe if they hadn't recorded back to back they saw the fan reaction from last week and went hmm maybe we don't have him qualify then or something like that then they could have like correct for course corrected as WWE likes to do quite a lot on the main roster <laughs> we do it but yeah it it's it's not an easy topic to talk about and I know a lot of people like yeah, a lot of people when they listen is like oh god he keep going on about it yeah of course I do because it's such a serious thing and they just brought him back like as if nothing and then in the media calls like oh can we move on please no no we can't move on like until this is tackled no like that the era of really because he is Patrick Cock is really talented but the era of really talented people being allowed to get away with whatever they want no that's not going to fly anymore and this thing I don't think this is one of those things that is going to be let go by the fans. If it feels like it's too big, especially what's happened over this summer. And I know I've taken the tone down to like really serious, 
but I felt like I kind of fit. I felt like I kind of had to to address this. That this is a massive mark on WWE as a whole right now. And even though Deadspin's article was taking a lot from Reddit, which was, you know, not that's not the, the best in terms of getting accurate information. Right. But right. the relentlessness of which they went to it was, I found extremely refreshing. And I feel like that is the kind of thing needed where in the media call, there's kind of that feeling of if I piss them off, then I might not get the call back and that might hurt my sight kind of thing. And mm-hmm. kind of give kudos to Deadspin for going F that and just going full in, just flat out doing that article. And yeah, I feel like that's kind of what's needed right now because this is so serious. I feel like to say, no, no, we're not going to move past this. We want this address, please. And uh, that's, I think that that's everything I've got to say on that. Uh, I'm like a bad stand-up comedian. And I'm struggling to find an out. <laughs> There's no gaps. <laughs> so just. I mean, I, I mean, I can add on if you want me to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Take away. Yeah, I mean, all of this with the um, speaking out thing that happened um, about a month, six weeks ago, um, and you have all these people involved in inside of WWE and around the rest of the wrestling world, and. People have been let go. People have been relieved of their duty. People have been flat out fired. Um, people have, you know, been fired across the board. People have ran, have had to delete their Twitter accounts and, and post uh, all types of nonsense for paid ads, and then try to rebrand themselves as uh, some type of uh, religious, uh, uh, using religion to basically like hide behind what the things that they've done to people. Um, and then people have pointed out, and then they had to go run to hide again. Like, Joy- hello, Joy Ryan, but. Um, with this Velveteen Dream thing, it it happened, and not only did it happen, it happened before. This is a precursor to the speaking out um, um, hashtag. Like when he first came back to fight um, in the title program against um, Undisputed Era and uh, and actually Adam Cole, that stuff had already been out on the internet. Back then. Um, you know, me, me and Rich of One H Radio talked about this. Like, I don't. He shouldn't be on TV right now. And they continue to put him in, in on TV. And he had matches, and they were, and he was also coming back from the shoulder injury, and he was terrible in the matches. And then he lost, and then he went away. And like, he's just right back as if like, oh, this is like the second, you know, like it's almost like he's a second suspension for for all this, or or this second time they had to acknowledge this, and the, and the second time he's passed by this. It makes no sense to me, like. I don't give a fuck how good we think the, the star potential is Velveteen Dream in the future. How do you want why would you want to see him on TV if he's done if you if you think there's reasonable evidence to conclude that he's done this? You know? Mm. Um and and that's that's a big reason why like, you know, I, I check out Raw every so often. Um but like I haven't I haven't had any, like, even though Daniel Bryan AJ Styles are on SmackDown, I haven't felt any reason to watch SmackDown, like, because the riddle thing bothers me as well. Um, mm, that's a, yeah. It's, yeah, it's so so for me, it's like, you know, everybody has their breaking point, and they're going to have to choose on whether or not, you know, uh, Wrestler X that is, uh, has some, um, you know, terrible uh, past, or uh, accused of something terrible in their past, or and probably have done that thing, like, if their wrestling is more important than whatever they did to these people. That's up to uh, everybody to make their decisions on their decisions on it. And like, obviously, people are going to make 
people are going to come to different conclusions. Mine is, I, I don't feel like watching the shit. I just don't. So, um, Velveteen, for me, he, he makes it harder for me to watch NXT, and Matt Riddle makes it harder for me to watch uh, SmackDown, just the same way that, like, whenever Excalibur comes back, it's going to make it harder for me to watch AEW. Um, I just, I just don't feel like these people are that valuable to where you can't just put another person in their spot and continue on. Velveteen's been around for how long now? Yeah, two, three years, is it? Yeah, yeah, like 2017 was the first takeover match. Like, I thought he had a future to him. I, I thought a lot less of it after he came back and stunk up the joint all year with uh, Velveteen or with uh, Adam Cole. And now that he's back, like, I, I appreciate that he had a, a, a pretty good match with, um, with, with Balor um, last night, but I don't care. I don't mm. want to see you on my TV screen. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and like with the case of the others as well, like it's like I was massive fans of like all three people just uh, semi talked about, right? But that's not enough, really. Like I thought, especially Excalibur. Like I thought the world of Excalibur, and it, yes, it and yes, it does suck, but it doesn't take precedent over everything else. It doesn't diminish. Yeah, his talents don't go. Oh, that doesn't matter. It matters. It totally matters. And I can't move past a lot of these things, like especially with like, one. I guess one kind of PR difference is Matt Riddle's got addressed in that in that period. It was a, it was somewhat tackled. Dream has been radio silence. So like as right. fans, you kind of your mind start to work. Your th- conspiracy theories start to grow, and it's like, well, why has he been gone for this long? Obviously, there was the initial thing of he was in a car crash. So, yeah, the likelihood of him being able to wrestle anyway maybe wasn't that big. But to have, to be radio silent and then bring him back as a mystery opponent, and that's what I meant by the trick of trust. Because some people have had that broken by the accusations made by Dream, and because they weren't addressed, like their, their worries were not addressed either. So when he returns, the last thing they remember him for is those accusations. That's bad, just to bring him back. and Which means when he comes back, they get brought out to the public again. And that's kind of what I feel like. Was Triple H not addressed by a PR person? Like, did they not brief him? Because <laughs> it goes to that media call. Because uh, that was kind of like a little turning... Because I obviously uh, that happened before NXT this week. And for him to go in and be like, can we move on, please? That was kind of like... Ugh. Like, using the tone of these meetings... Like to your advantage to not address something so serious. That like, no, that that kind of that that rubbed me the wrong way, and that's how somebody who the next day would have to kind of force himself through NXT, and I'm going into it just with like oh, I got rubbed the wrong way by the way you handled your statement, which I would assume a trained PR person would have been able to tell him, you don't tackle it like that, because that is. Not you need if it's something this serious, it needs to be at least somewhat addressed, or the tone of which you speak needs to be in a serious tone as well. You can't be can't be put shoving it a, a, like a long. It's like nah, it doesn't matter. So, yeah. I'm obviously talking about this as an Englishman, <laughs> where a lot of these things like uh, when our politicians do stuff like that, they get fired, they are gone, they resign, they they leave their offices, that that type of thing, where uh, there is no coming back from it type of stuff. Mm-hmm. And like there are, there's oh, what's the bloody word for it? There are checks and balances in place, essentially, no matter who you are. And 
Uh, obviously, a lot of talk about I'm diving into politics. I know <laughs> this was yeah. an issue. Well, speaking of the checks oh, yeah. and balances and like mm. giving not answers for scandals and that sort of thing, mm. you know, once upon a time it seemed like America had that, but you know, mm. look where we are now. Yeah, <laughs> just wait a bit. It's like uh, it'll be even if it is another four years after that, it's going to be out of uh, politics. <laughs> so I'll just say checks and balances still do exist, even if because he won't be in power forever. Is the best way, even if he falls a full term, two full terms, he won't be in power forever. Uh, consequences come up to you eventually. And in terms of the bring it back to the dream thing, that's what I feel like is happening here is the consequences will come to you eventually if you just brush it aside. Like, oh, it doesn't matter, that will catch up to you. You can't just ignore that kind of stuff. And like, for example, they brought it up, it's, it's in an era where they're bringing it up as well with Randy Orton. Where they're actively saying uh, that the amount of stuff that he did, like if somebody didn't pull him out of that hole, he was done. Right. And to be addressing that and not be aware enough to know that you're accidentally repeating the same problems is, is yeah, it's a little bit weird, a little bit jarring as a viewer. But yeah, so it, it, it's, it, almost it, if, it's almost as if they're not sincere at all and they're just, you know... <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, and like to kind of bring it full circle as a viewer I found it difficult to care about the thing I was watching and that's kind of like as somebody creating a product that's like the number one thing that you want people to be like are they engaged in the product and the answer is for me when Dream is on screen no I am not I'm checking out I'm not really fully paying full attention which is a massive con and I go onto Twitter and I know Twitter's not the be all and end all but the consensus seems pretty similar like one of the most liked tweets after NXT was like saying you put Dream in when you've got an LGBT like full on pushing guy in it, Finn Balor and you put Dream in he's a currently an accused child offender it's like ugh that it's uh, that says something when that's the most liked tweet from your show that is not good uh, but so in terms of who will win the ladder match to kind of drift away uh, we've dedicated like 15 minutes to that and it's like not an easy topic to talk about uh, the so the, in terms of the ladder match, my assumption is Dream will not win that. They are surely not, surely not. <laughs> so even with my notes, he's just called ugh. <laughs> just like I just felt, I felt like that when he walked out. But uh, in terms of all the other guys, I've labelled Damien Priest as my favourite, and that's purely because I was relating it to who is that guy who just needs a title to kind of get pushed to that next level. And for me, Damien Priest is that guy. Like, Who's the Adam Cole of this gen- this era, this moment? Uh, I mean, I might secretly love it if Cameron Grimes won, just because <laughs> there's something about him. don't know what it is. I just love the Cameron Grimes to the moon, yeah! <laughs> like I, he's such a cartoon southern cowboy guy <laughs> that I just... As an Englishman, where that's one of the few voices of America we can actually do. <laughs> it's quite nice. I love it. It's that and, like, generic movie Prison Warden. They're the two. See, <laughs> the, see, the, funny, see the funny thing about it is, like, um, they're... Okay, so I'm from Florida. That's also the South, right? Mm. Um, it's a different kind of South, but, like, quite frankly, like... North Carolina, like the Carolinas is like a different South from like West Virginia, which is a different South from Texas, which is a different South from Alabama, which is a different South from Louisiana. Like there's all of, because it's so so much land. Um, everybody has a different twang to their Southern accent. So like, 
I for, so for example, like whenever I think do the Cameron Grimes uh, accent, like I don't do Cameron Grimes. I end up sounding like a guy from West Virginia. Like I sound more like Randy Moss, a wide receiver, NFL Hall of Fame wide receiver, than actually like Cameron Grimes or or the, or the Hardy Bros from North Carolina. So like it's 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 hard to get it down right. But like I, I have heard about like this about uh, you guys on the other side of the ponds of Finney for Southern accents, and I, I'm still trying to figure out why. And you know, you telling me and you telling me that it's because. You know, you guys can actually replicate it. I'm like, I'm sorry, but every time I hear like an American accent from anybody, I always think like, yeah, that, that's, that's pretty accurate. I, I never think like I never heard of a bad American accent. I just never have ever. <laughs> I've heard of bad British accents, bad Australian accents, bad New Zealand, New England accents. Never a bad uh, um, American accent. Never. <laughs> I think the, the two which seem to be universal are that one. Uh, the Cameron Grimes, what he's doing, <laughs> essentially, <laughs> just him, <laughs> uh, and I guess uh, teenage girl as teenage American girl as well as in oh my Valley god, girl. <laughs> that, that one, girl. that's yep. the one. They're yep. the yep. two. Valley girl. And any okay. any voice in between, uh, <laughs> it's just <Okay>. it's gone. <laughs> like no, it takes genuine effort <laughs> to get any good at any of the others. Oh yeah, and uh, yeah, my brother's wife is from Utah, so. Uh, Mm. Yeah. So, uh, and yes, her family were Mormon. So they, she's. Uh, uh, I wouldn't. I don't know. Her voice to me is just just American. There's no anything <laughs> to it. There's no twangs. Like, yeah, you're American. I couldn't. If you asked me what state she was from by her accent, America. <laughs> I don't know. You'd be like, yeah. You'd be like, it's like thirty different states. I I don't know. Yeah. Right. <laughs> like Utah's yeah. one of the hot ones, right? <laughs> it's just like yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, but yeah, so. So my pick is Damien Priest. It's not Cameron Grimes, even though I love him. <laughs> he is the the in the PWG as the uh, Impact Wrestling star. I loved that gimmick. <laughs> he would just announce himself as the star of Impact Wrestling, and it would just get booze <laughs> just all the time. Um, but yeah, so my pick is Damien Priest because he's in the Adam Cole role. Uh, do you have a favorite going in? Uh, mine will be Priest as well. I think what really put it, I thought all along it was going to be him or Grimes, but what was solidified to me was last night when Cameron Grimes holds a title, then Johnny Gargano holds a title, then um, I think Velveteen also holds a title, and then Bronson Reed holds a title. The only person to hold a title was our favorite. Sounds mm. pretty good. Mm. <laughs> Yes, it's it's got to be the guy whose NXT name I just cannot remember for the life of me. And every time I sit there for five seconds, like punishment Martinez, what is his name? What is his right. name? What is his name? Right. Oh, I, I get it eventually. It's all right. <laughs> it takes yes. me a minute. And he will. It, and and then after he wins, I guess you know the prophecy has been fulfilled, and I can already hear uh, Morrow saying that like he will finally be able to live forever mm. in the history oh, books of oh, NXT, oh, the annals, the, the hallways of NXT, the <laughs> yes. full cell. Oh, that yes, that's the call and everything. Yes. Oh. <laughs> right. I love Morrow, but sometimes it's like, oh, take take it down a notch. Sometimes Morrow, yes. please. <laughs> what what movies? Come, it's got Christopher Nolan films coming out. Is he going to relate it to Can Inception it... somehow? <laughs> What's he going to do? Gonna... I, no, what I'm what I really am waiting for is, uh, you know, there's been a song that's kind of taken over uh, the internet the last couple weeks uh, with Cardi B and Megan Thee Stallion. Oh, I want to know how. <laughs> I want to know how he references that. I want to know how he references that WAP. That's what I want. That's what, oh, that's what I want. <laughs> oh, he'll give it a go, surely. Oh, this, 
There's nothing PG TV in that. <laughs> right. Like, oh. like I imagine, like it's, a, it's you know it's a quintuple down after five people are all down during the <laughs> during the uh, ladder match, and all of a sudden he's like, "You're gonna need a bucket and a mop." <laughs> oh. <laughs> I can hear it now, and I, and I can't I can't wait till he tries to force it in. And I'm just uh, uh, you know well that might be that well forcing in might be lyrics from a uh, wet, but never mind. Let me just move on. Wait, move she's on. saying he already did it. <laughs> <laughs> like what? Time, did I miss something? <laughs> this makes sense. Surely he's not done it. Uh, nah, nah. Yeah, he's he, I'm guessing he's saving it. He did it the first week after it came out. <laughs> oh, surely not. Surely I didn't miss that. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I'm sure that I would have heard it. Not, I would, I would have talked about it. I'm sure I would have. Because yeah. you know how more is now. I think Mara might go play the safer route and go with the uh, that Drake and Ledurk song. I think he might go safer route. <laughs> yeah, it's just. Uh, Inoffensive and marketable. That's the WWE way. <laughs> Go with that. That's the Drake way too. Uh, <laughs> the song that can be on an uh, on one of the 2K video games. It's safe and marketable in the background. A song you'll forget after you've heard it. Safe and marketable. There's no hook. <laughs> it's fine. Now, now I won't whap on NBA 2K. That's what I want now. <laughs> <laughs> just it would just have to be the beat. <laughs> they can't do any. You can't have... do the beat because the beat, the sample is there's some holes in oh, this house. In there's this. some holes in this house. <laughs> <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh. <laughs> right, so I'm going to go through the match. <laughs> I'm just going to see that. Go through the main event. <laughs> so I'm I'm having a blast. Like sit, just like sitting here in your discomfort. <laughs> I'm really enjoying. I'm thinking. It. I'm picturing in my head what ladder spots <laughs> could you then go go with, and uh, I don't know. No, none of them I can say on YouTube. <laughs> Come on, oh please. God! <laughs> so uh, Finn Balor versus uh, in the main event uh, on the entrances. As I bought a video game second ago, it's hilarious hearing the WWE 2K esque complete cheers or rumbling of booze with no reaction in between. Like uh, I like I'll miss this era of <laughs> the WWE PC. Like in a in a weird way, it's like a fond little memory of the time that we're all locked inside and we watched an empty arena with a fake crowd where they press a button to make a noise. It's like I think I'm gonna weirdly miss it, especially with the screenshots coming out of the Guess Who arena, where it's just all the different people's faces and it looks really odd and strange. From that, WWE will hate the fact that the worst angle for the Thunderdome is the main cam. It's like the hard cam that they always do for the ring. That's the worst. Really, <laughs> everything else works. Oh man! Like seriously, like the shots as they kind of, where they put they're just to the right of the ramp and they kind of angle it, and you can see the depth. Like that's when it works. But when it's flat on, my god, it's somebody's already photoshopped. Guess who onto it? Like they've done it. It's already out there. Like it's so bad. <laughs> it's so flat I'm a, I'm and a, weird. I'm glad to yeah. check that out then. Oh, yeah, it's, the images are already out. Uh, I think like Ryan Satin has been taking screenshots as they were doing the test as well. So. They're all there as well. Uh, Laws of Pain, there's an article on it as well. I've got to plug the site. <laughs> so here we get Laws of Pain. There's already an article there. Uh, but uh, like this match had a lot of dream playing to the crowd reaction. Crowd reaction with like, quotations. <laughs> it didn't know what it's like. And Balor counter countering him back in. It's the heel versus heel dynamic in NXT that they are not afraid to showcase. Again, like, like Johnny Gargano versus Roderick Strong. They're not afraid right. to go that route. And it's like all the best thing in the world. And James has just texted you the clip of Mauro doing it. <laughs> doing the WAP thing. Okay. Um, so uh, 
in the match, Dream was sent to the outside and Grimes strides out confidently like, Cameron Grimes! He's come for the title. Uh, chatting S-word. When we come back from the break, he's atop one of the ladders, just having a play with the North American Championship. <laughs> I love that. Uh, plenty of counters, kicking up the pace in the final five of the match. Uh, the two end up outside by the ladders. Uh, Balor climbs the one Grimes is on to have a wee word with him. But Dream grabs him off and drops him onto the apron. Uh, Dream DDT countered. Balor setting up. Countered. Death Valley Driver countered. Balor finally wins out with his stinger death drop with an arm across him thing. It's like a weird standing sling blady thing. Uh, following up with a John Wood drop kick. But Grimes works distraction again. Uh, Dream chopping down a top rope Balor. Uh, when Gargano walks down and tips Grimes off the ladder, sending him into a rogue MAGA supporter. After all that, Cameron Grimes finds himself in the middle of the ring and gets clobbered by both Bella and Dream. Finn uses a distraction to snail, to snail, to nail a sling blade, that was my issue, but can't follow up thanks to a super kick from Dream. What did I say? Lots of counters in the final bit. When Thick Boy Bronson Reed makes his way to Johnny Gargano, uh, Mr. Rebel Hart has the North American Championship in hand and escapes into the ring where we walk right into Damien Priest. Like, how lovely the whole gang's here. <laughs> Just have a little bit of fun. Uh, Priest and Reed stare down, the former chucking the title and hitting the Aussie. He goes to follow up, but when he reaches the ropes, he's met with a super kick from Dream before being sent over the top and Reed topple overs with him. Uh, pure chaos. But Thatcher out of nowhere. <laughs> he clobbers Bella, setting up their match for this Saturday, which we've got added on Twitter. And uh, that's the factor that decides the match. A dream going over in the main event, thanks to a sudden moment of Thatcher's Thatch can. Uh, the victory is quickly kicked down by Johnny... The victor... The vi the victorious one, that's what I'm looking for, is kicked down by Johnny Gargano. I've got notes in front of me, but it's the corrected to the wrong word. <laughs> uh, Gargano eyes the championship. Uh, super kick from Grimes. Chokeslam from Priest. Clothesline from Reed. Uh, Dream jumps in, but gets caught with a death drop driver from Thick Boy. And it's Bronson Reed who stands tall to end the show as our lineup is officially filled out. And we've already talked about who our favourites were. Uh, you, you hit on that this was a decent match and uh, I feel like the ending definitely kind of saved it and was like, yeah, it set you up for a fun match at TakeOver as well. Yeah. Um, I think the actual work in the ring was actually like, was, was actually pretty good. Like, uh, but you know, for me, once all of the other nonsense comes in the ring and it's like, okay, so it's, this isn't actually like to decide like who's better between Finn Balor or more deserving between Finn Balor and Velveteen Dream. This is just, you know, we have we have nothing really to do. I mean, it's five people. It's a five-person storyline or six-person storyline if you include, um, you know, the two people that are fighting to become the fifth person. Um, it's like we need, we need to add some physicality to put a little, you know, sprinkle some, you know, entry dust on the on the sh on the match as opposed to like, you know, these guys are gonna fly be flying around off the ladders. But um, yeah, I, I did like the match. Um, but you know, it, you know, it's just an unfortunate thing that it's Velveteen Dream having a good match. Mm. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. I can't get into it because it's dream, but I can at least say, yeah, it was. It seemed fun. <laughs> I guess the best way to describe it, was <laughs> it seemed fun. fun. It's 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 fun adjacent. It's fun like yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, yeah North American the ladder match at Takeover. I'm expecting it to be in a similar vein, like just extremely fun. 
Uh, and uh, again, well, I'm now going to go through the NXT card in order, which will let us talk about the matches at TakeOver as well as we address each thing. Because again, each match got addressed, got their moment in the sun. So we kicked off the show with uh, Johnny Gargano with Candice LeRae versus Ridge Holland. And this was the match. So obviously after last week, there were reports coming out that there was a really nasty bump in this match. Uh, personally, I think they edited around it really well, using the ad break to their advantage and using like, the screen wipe of the NXT logo just to cut to the new cut. Uh, and, and of course, like doing it in the picture-in-picture picture would mean that a lot of people wouldn't have seen the kind of bump in the flow of the match and would have only have seen it in the replays. So again, like, like us, like us uh, British people, we don't always get the picture-in-picture. So, <laughs> so that's quite nice. Uh, like the uh, the ramp was ladders akimbo for the North American Championship qualifier. Uh, that's what's what Grimes was climbing up later as well. Uh, the uh, nasty Gargano pump uh, bump. I can't really speak. <laughs> it was in picture in picture. Um, before replaying it, uh, before replaying it later in the sh- after the ad break. God, my senses gone all over the place. And us seeing a Johnny driven hard right onto his noggin. Like, from the looks of it, it was meant to be the uh, spinning, like, power slam suplex from Holland. Uh, but just, I didn't get it right. I didn't get the rotation right. And Gargano's drops right on his head. Uh, obviously, not a wrestling connoisseur enough to know who would be at fault. Normally, in these occasions, it's normally a little bit of both. But I, again, I don't know enough to rule anything on it. It just looked nasty. As in, you see that and think... There's a reason they ran out. That that looked like it could have been a career ender just because of the way that his neck tore. And like, that yeah. was bad. That was scary. Um, like, really, I'm just happy he's all right. Like, I'm, yeah, I mean, I'm just glad that Johnny Gargano is all right uh, to take nasty bumps in a ladder match. So thanks for that, Johnny. I, I mean, the thing that was scary for me was I, I heard the the report that everybody, everybody else and it was like, you know, he got dropped on top of his head, which is like, okay, that's one thing. But when you see it and see that, like, he landed on his head with his head crooked or basically, like, with it, with his head basically, like, sandwiched where impact comes and his neck twerks. Or, or torques, not twerks. Uh, <laughs> he got whack on the mind. <laughs> his neck twerks. And I had to make sure you get uh, enunciated properly. But that was what was really scary for me because, you know, um, I don't know if Johnny Gargano is a person that trains his neck in the way that, like, you know, some of our... Our Japanese brothers and sisters train their necks for that kind of nonsense. Like, it's one thing to be Kota Ibushi or Mayu mm. Iwatani uh, and do that to, or uh, Chichiro Hashimoto and do that to your neck. It's another thing to be um, an American guy that doesn't really do that sort of thing. So I, that was really scary, and that could have, you know, that could have been a disaster. And this is mm. come from a guy that you know, Finn Balor dropped him right on his head on the still great back in November, so mm. um, or October. So you know, this is starting to rack up on him. Mm. And it's, uh, Head yeah. drops because the bump cards are real, as we're like told by people later into their career, and seeing all right. these nasty bumps. This one was like pretty, uh, really scary, uh, obviously. Uh, but I thought Candice LeRae played it off like really well, and like at ringside saying, "I'm doing the heel thing of I'm just checking on him, just checking on him." Whilst he's obviously not a hundred percent with it, and I guess like kudos to Holland after that as well, who they did. Bumps I wouldn't have expected them to do with Johnny in that state, but it was seemingly relatively right. safe enough. And Holland, where where I'm assuming Johnny Gargano would have been kind of controlling that match as the veteran in there, as like the ring general. But for Holland to kind of, uh, I think he took control relatively well. He did, he did pretty well in that final, that kind of third or whatever it was. In the end, Lerae yeah. grabs Holland's leg, 
uh, allowing Johnny to hit the sling DDT for the win and qualify. Uh, like in that final bit, Gargano was taking a lot of offense from the large Yorkshireman. And uh, Johnny Gargano becomes the first former champion to ed- enter the ladder match. Uh, Quality-wise of this match, hard to judge really after Gargano got spiked on his head. But he's alright now and he can go to Saturday and hopefully survive yeah. that. Yeah, I like the match. I like the story of Johnny. I like the story when Johnny is playing Hill now, so he has to try to get heat, and he isolates body parts. Mm. Um, so I like he kept working over his like quit early and often. He went to that right or that left arm, um, and kept getting himself in and out of trouble by going back to that arm over and over and over. Um, so I, I find that's a good way to you know tell the story of how he can you know take a muscle bound man and put his face in the sand. Uh, in the words of LL Cool J, so that was cool. <laughs> Uh, I came up, uh, was it for the Raw review, I wrote down LL Ivar for the Viking Raiders, and I was just <laughs> laughing to myself. Wow. I'm just like, oh, I'm, I'm such an idiot. <laughs> it made me laugh. <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, anyway, so after that, we went to uh, Dakota Kai versus Jessie Kamiya. She's got a new name. Can't remember what the last one was, but it wasn't Jessie Kamiya. Uh, Alaban. That was the one. Yeah, so uh, it, this was just a wee tad of a momentum builder for Kai ahead of her championship match on Sunday. Uh, Kamiya knocked in a few kicks, scoring a two-fall with a slam to the contender. Uh, but this was your modern-day NXT like job match. Uh, same with AEW, where they get a little bit of offense in, but ultimately lose. So the champ, like the high-up person, is never really at risk. Uh, with Kai soon enough nailing the go-to kick for the win. It was after the match that was important, though. Uh, afterwards, we uh, get a promo cut by Kai to camera. Uh, she says that Iron makes her laugh. Laugh like she got everything. Uh, she's been doing everything herself. Uh, she's so focused on the people of her past. When like Kai herself, she's only looking at the people of her future. When Shirai's music hits and the champ runs to the ring, leading to a mini brawl, which was interrupted by a big boot from returning because Gon- Raquel Gonzalez out of nowhere, just emerging from the curtain like a magic trick. <laughs> it just took her down. And uh, I really liked how Dakota Kai was in her promo talking about how she's got to this like by herself with just how great she is. Uh, and then immediately after gets help <laughs> to destroy the champion. And it's great heel work. I like that. Uh, Io did fight back and went after Kai, uh, but once again, Gonzalez was a game changer, uh, laying down the champion for the two heels to pose and taunt ahead of the pay-per-view. And um, yeah. Is it? Yeah. So uh, in terms of Io and Kai, what are you making of that? Um, I had more intrigue until they played the, the Reina card. I thought they were going to play it at the pay-per-view or I'm sorry, at takeover 30 to actually get you to believe for have a second that Dakota Kai could actually win. Cause I mean, the whole story is that she says she's done all the stuff by herself, but like every single triple, every single like win she's had since she's turned healer actually in like 2020, except for maybe like one match against a, a jobber, all her matches have been like won by Raquel or with interference from the likes of someone like Mercedes Martinez. Mm. So it would have helped her have some credibility as she might actually be a threat as opposed to like, no, nah, she's not really a threat. Um, like the fact that Raina wasn't around, you just, I'm just, I, me personally, I was like, all right, when is the shoe going to drop? Like I haven't heard anything about her being injured. So they're clearly saving this in their back pocket for, you know, maybe a, you know, a false finish or maybe actually a title change. Now that Raina, you know, they played the card on Raina. I don't think 
nah, I'm not gonna bite on any of these finisher uh, finishes. Um, come Saturday, it was like, oh well, I know it's gonna happen. Like, gonna help sheet. She's gonna thwart her. She's gonna Eo's gonna beat her. She's gonna go back and go back down the card. Hmm. It's one of the things where it's like, oh yeah, Shawn Michaels is quite heavy in NXT. Ah, of course they're doing HBK and Diesel. Yeah, <laughs> of course they're doing right. it like that. And, remember yeah. during um during in your house uh, takeover. Remember she was referring to herself as Big Mommy Cool. Oh, was she? <laughs> yes, she was. Okay. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, like. I obviously like the dynamic of Dakota Kai and Raquel Gonzalez. It works. And of course, when she's, uh, I think of a PG way to word it, <laughs> when she's chatting lyric <laughs> about doing everything by herself, and then Raquel Gonzalez just comes out <laughs> and just uh, beats the person down for her, and then she's like, hey, I did it. Like, I like yeah. It's great heel work. I like that. And the best part about it was like, or one of the funny parts about it was, like, not only are we going to do that where she comes through with a the, with the great big boot, um, and sell by EO and, and Raquel, but they get her back in the ring and she has her in the ring and it's like one on one Raquel's outside and then like she's like, Bring it and then like EO just whoops her ass in seconds and then Raquel has to attack EO from behind is like, Okay, you're not even gonna pretend to give her anything. Like <laughs> you're not even gonna give her the you know, she got beat down slightly and then she hit her finish left her lane. It's like, nah, under no circumstance are you to believe that EO Shirai can actually get get put down by Dakota Kai by herself. <laughs> All right. Yeah, can't yeah, wait. To, yeah. I mean, I think it's gonna be a good match, but yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. It's given who's involved, I'm still expecting it to be pretty uh, decent. But in yeah. terms of who's actually going to win, so like beforehand, I think I assumed that Io Shirai might retain just because she's only really just got it. But there's a theme in this NXT takeover where like the heels going in, it's like. Ah, but it also feels like this could be the time to switch to them, and the people who are champions are perfectly fine to go to the main roster, like, whenever, because they're surely future stars, like, especially the men's champion. Like, it it feels like (laughs) NXT needs them more than they need NXT, kind of thing. Like, they're done, they're good to go. And switching to the heel, like, it would work, it could move on to that next generation. Like, quite often in NXT, like, when Finn Balor first got called up, like... The length of time they're there is just a bit longer than it feels like their kind of momentum keeps them there. Like they stay over like maybe one or two takeovers a little bit longer than they would in terms of they go up when they're ready type of scenario. So that's why I'm kind of thinking I'm expecting change because it's takeover 30 as well. On a takeover that's very oddly enough like not built on like looking to the past and celebrating, you know, 30 takeovers <laughs> it's not doing that at all it's like purely about kind of the building the future and i guess the tone for the rest of the show makes me think that that's the thing that makes me think maybe the heels will win both of these matches here uh, so i'm going with dakota kai and this uh, this was more the uh oh Shirai's focus on kai ah you forgot about raquel didn't you so that's the story getting into this but now she's revealed her card uh, like like you, were, I was expecting that at takeover. Like, oh, you forgot about her, didn't you? But now they've already revealed it, so like, oh, has it been revealed to get countered? Mm. <laughs> so, yeah, I'll go with the heel anyway. I'll go with Kai, but because they've already revealed the card, wouldn't be surprised if Shirai wins. Yeah, I, I, um, I. Now that they've done this, I have a hard time imagining that they don't, you know, somehow do a, um. Rhea versus EO title match that, you know, 
is what people really want in you know whoever loses is kind of like a loser leaves you know the the, ter- the territory type thing but um i still expect a very good match um it depends on how much heat we get with Ra- the raquel interference or or you know whatever but i still expect a really good match yeah it's, it's take over <laughs> these are normally great these matches especially in this generation of the women like this roster is so stacked that normally it's one of the highlights of the show uh, speaking of the women after this we got a backstage interview where Tegan Knox, again with interviewer whose name I still don't know <laughs> but she was interviewing her and she uh, says uh, stuff on Candice LeRae uh, touching on what uh, the Bond lady said last week uh, she says there's not really not a note really from this it's like they used to be friends dynamic Tegan's used to but it's like the every day essentially NXT women's story of friends falling out and it's sad they're not friends anymore can't everyone be friends no can't be friends let's have a match <laughs> okay <laughs> it's just a pretty yeah it's the type of build which they repeat so often in NXT that it's just, that's how I word it now just lazily because it's kind of rinse and repeated and it's not it's a trope now, yeah. Yeah, it's an NXT trope. It's like, you're not in a main event angle? Cool, you're getting the friend storyline. Ah, oh, okay, cool. <laughs> cool. You've selected that on WWE Universe, have you? <laughs> okay, cool. Yeah, right. Uh, so, match number three. Le Ghetto de Fantasma, the uh, Cruiserweight Champion, Santos Escobar, Joaquin Wilde, who've not called Joaquin Phoenix, so well done me, and Raul Mendoza versus Breezango and uh, Isaiah Swerve Scott. Uh, the... Heels targeting Fandango and injured his and his injured arm. Uh, Swerve running fire. Uh, Escobar seemingly the only one with the counters for him, which was like a nice little touch of the group. Uh, attempting a tag. So the ending was the thing which uh, had a lot of discussion. Now, out of the rest of this match. Attempting a tag. Uh, Scott gets launched into the corner uh, after like a drop kick from, I think it was Wild or Mendoza, sends him into the corner and he unknowingly makes a tag, a tag in accidentally knocking Breeze off the apron. Uh, Swerve is unaware that he has Escobar down, but he's not legal. Uh, Wild and Mendoza run in at the seated man with a double drop kick. Uh, Tyler then tries his best as he realises he's the legal guy. Uh, but at this point, it's three on one, and it's not long before he's eating a phantom driver from Santos Escobar, and Legado del Fantasma grab the victory. Okay. <laughs> it was... Yeah. I, I thought this match was going to like not take place this week. I think I just forgot about the build for it when they announced it last week. But I was expecting it to be one of those after takeover. That maybe... That's what they're doing with Swerve versus um, Escobar for the title. Is they're saving that for maybe that recording. Like uh, Candice LeRae, Tegan Knox. Like, you record that at yeah. the TakeOver, but you don't air it on NXT. So you don't, yeah, right. don't air it on the TakeOver. You know what I mean? Uh, but yes, this was a uh, fine, forgettable... It's like third, fourth match on the card. It's like, yeah, th- 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 this was a match in that slot. Yeah. <laughs> Not yeah. Much it was a fine... It was a fine match, and it was good when Swerve was in. I'm, I'm just not that much of a fan of um, the contrived like ref sees that there is been a tag made, but like the ref doesn't tell the guy that's running wild or still in the match to get the hell out the ring. Like that just bugs me. It's like that's that's not that doesn't make any sense. That's just like you decided just to do this. Obviously, you decide to do anything whatever goes on screen, but it's like you. There's got to be a better way for you to to have Legado del Fantasma win. You get a visual pin on 
Santos from Swerve and Swerve, uh, you know, doesn't eat the pin. There has to be a more creative way than just blind tag that wasn't a blind tag by the people that caused the tag and the ref sees but doesn't tell him get the hell out of the way. You know, I just hmm. I just felt like there's something else they could have came up with better than that. Yeah, you see it quite often. I've seen, I feel like I've seen it quite often in New Day where they make the tag but the ref doesn't see it and that then gets heat for the heels and it gets sympathy right. for the baby faces right because uh, they feel like it's injustice like that type of right. thing this this match felt right. like that could like easily have just used that trope instead i know nxt tries new things quite a lot and sometimes they just don't work and that's what i felt like this one was <laughs> is that they're not afraid to try new stuff but sometimes that hits them in the face <laughs> i feel like that's what this kind of was yeah, I mean, if the match were better, it probably would have worked more. But I think the thing for me is just like I'm a, I'm a person that like, when it comes to tag team wrestling, either I want all the rules or none of the rules. Like mm. either either give me lucha rules or give me the revival. Mm. Like I'm not a fan of in the between. Um, you know, like bar unless the match is like the work level is like, an emotion is at such a high level. I just can't for I can't like forgive that sort of stuff. Is like. Oh my God! This is this this is no. This isn't you know. It's supposed to be some type of fact, reasonable facsimile of what if wrestling were real. You know how would the actors act? You know how would the actors yeah. and participants like actually realistically come to whatever conclusions they make? You know or whatever else. And I just think like they make these wrestlers like just complete hmm. goofballs, especially hmm. like AEW too, because it's like you know there's so many people, so many different styles <laughs> that it's kind of like you know poor Rick Knox. <laughs> you know, yeah. like, he looks like a goober all the time yeah. and like half the time I'm like hey man get him out of here get him out of here to make him look just so bad <laughs> Yeah, and the answer to like, people wrestling in real life how would it be it's obviously the answer is ready to rumble oh it's just, that's how that's realistic <laughs> that's how it is <laughs> you're gonna make it realistic that's the route to go <laughs> oh, I, I, it, that's, that film is so a film of its era <laughs> right so moving on to is there anything that happens oh yeah so after this it's Sierra Hotel India Echo Lima Pat Pat and his friends <laughs> make their way to the arena <laughs> yes I need to get the theme I'm assuming you don't know what Postman Pat is no no it was a oh, kids and uh, claymation show when I was younger and there's talks of like making it into a movie and releasing it worldwide type of thing but you know, reality suddenly hits so they've not finished it off. But anyway, yeah, it's a kids TV show about a postman called Pat. <laughs> it's not a, again, a kids TV show, self-explanatory titles. But I need to find that TV, that tune and put it over Pat trying to menacingly walk in <laughs> just to do that. Uh, maybe after Sierra Hotel, you play that then it goes into the postman Pat theme. So, yeah. <laughs> anyway, uh, match or segment number four, uh, Adam Cole and Pat McAfee face to face. Uh, the Undisputed Era with a proper entrance, uh, Pat through the back with no pomp or circumstance, uh, just three NFL buddies, can't tell you who they are, I just assumed they were NFL buddies because Mauro or whoever was on commentary told me they were. Yeah, one of them was AJ Hawk. AJ Hawk is like, in in college, he's one of the greatest like linebackers in college football history. He was like a three-time All-American. All-Americans like, um, like, like the elite version of a, of a all of all star game or whatever else like so anyway, like this dude was one of the was a top five pick in the draft class he was in two thousand five right and he like he was two fifty ish in weight, um like had a forty inch vertical leap, 
and bench pressed 225 pounds. I think it was like 25 times, something like that. Like, he's the best athlete in the building when he walks in at full cell. So it's kind of like, but you guys are doing this with a puncher. Like, <laughs> I just find these to be, like, I'm just, you know, like, you, go ahead and continue with the uh, with the rundown because I thought Pat McAfee had a great promo. I'll oh, be yes. honest with you. Yes, he did. Yeah. And the flow of it, I really liked as well. Like Cole was taking the initiative, like sending his stable mates to the outside, and uh, taunting Pat to do the same. Uh, Pat does follow suit and is the first to uh, go at his opponent on the mic. I thought this promo was fantastic. Like you just really want to see Pat get his ass kicked at Takeover. He did such a good job. He was amazing on the mic. Uh, saying that Adam Cole has everyone fooled uh, after all his work on the independence to get where he is after Undisputed Era like ran in NXT uh, Cole was like named the brand's biggest star undefeated for how many days and it took Pat seconds to knock his ass out with one kick it's like oh, I just I just love the flow of that <laughs> just the way you build it up and it's just like all of your training I knocked you out with one punt <laughs> what have you got to answer that? I, was like, I thought that was great. And Cole's kind of way to get back of him was you had Pat just uh, running insults just uh, with like a paragra- paragraphs of work to get through. Then Cole just steps up to him and uh, oh, I forgot one part he says. He was saying that Saturday's going to end the same way. Uh, Cole will end up unconscious after losing his cool, which again, another thing that I like, and him bringing in the uh, podcast or radio thing that they did. And Cole lost, lost his ta- had a temper tantrum, and uh, Matt Bakafi is just like, I know how to get under your skin, and I'm going to do it again, and it's going to cost you. Uh, then Adam Cole will have to explain to all of his wrestling friends how he lost to an outsider. And Pat tells him how he's going, how he to explain that. It's just because Pat McAfee, he's a different level of athlete. He's such a, on a higher level than everybody else as a performer. <laughs> it's like, oh, he's such an ass. I love it. <laughs> it's great. Um, then when it's Cole's turn to talk, he gets halfway across the ring before security run in and cut him off. Uh, Cole was a badass though now, so he clobbers all of them and edges closer to Pat. Uh, both sides, amigos, step up. Uh, Pat does nothing. Uh, Cole steps up and we get our close mic, as he says, this Saturday, Pat, I'm going to make you my bitch. And that's that. And Pat kind of just stands there staring. Uh, Pat McAfee with the prepared speech and Cole with just a short statement. It's like, oh, that was so well done. (laughs) It's everything about that. I want to see Adam Cole kick Pat McAfee's ass. You've you've kind of brought in that Pat McAfee. You've told me the tactic that Pat's going in with as well. So I've got like a format building in my head. You've got their friends. So are they going to interfere as well? You've got the dangerous punt. So Pat McAfee, even if he isn't a wrestler, he's got a dangerous move in his arsenal that could win him the match. And he can tease that all the time. It's just, it's, this was, this made everything kind of, in terms of like the fan arguments, is it good or not? This for me kind of pushed all of that to the side and just, it's just without question. Yes. Yes, it is. <laughs> Pat McAfee was fantastic in this. Yeah, this was very well done. Um, this is the problem. We're like, I don't want. I don't give a fuck about their match. I just, I just don't. Um, like, mm. like it was cool to McAfee. And honestly, quite honestly, if you ask me, if you ask me, who was a better athlete? Like, I'd probably say McAfee's probably a better athlete. Adam Cole. But like, it's pro wrestling. Like, it's not real, mm. and we all know it's not real. So like, you telling me it's not like you're a better athlete is like cool. I get it, but you know, um, 
I just, you know, it's just, this is so not what they would have done a year ago Mm. before, you know, trying to keep pace with, or trying to, you know, uh, curb uh, AEW's um, um, gain on, on fans or the fan base or the culture or whatever the hell. So like, I just can't get around that. Like this, if Adam Cole was still going to be around in aid or uh, NXT, like have him fight Thatcher or, you know, or Johnny Gargano again, or, or Tommaso Ciampa again, or somebody that, you know, from the breakout tournament that's not in the ladder match. Like, I just, or hell, have them fight, you know, one year after they teased it, have them fight Roddy Strong and do a breakup of Undisputed Era. Like, that would have been way more intriguing than this. To me, like, what people actually want to see that watches the show, like, this is the no BS show, and they <laughs> gave us tons of BS. We have fireballs, we have, mm. you know, ex-NFL players, like, in t- pay-per-view matches. I just, ugh, ugh. <laughs> it does. I think it's one of the things where I feel like I'm kind of watching the kind of main roster, kind of we're on TV now, like influence NXT, and it's changed. Like, I still hold it to a higher right. regard than Raw and SmackDown. I still like, it is. enjoy it. It's still better. Mm. I feel like when I'm critiquing it, I'm still holding it to a higher bar. So, like, when we kind of make these critiques, it's like I'm still enjoying the product, and it's a higher bar of criticism compared to WWE main roster where you're like, I can't even watch the thing. Let's start from the beginning. <laughs> so I'm not at that with NXT. It's a higher bar because that quality is higher, so it kind of makes sense to assess it that way. Um, but yeah, this takeover, for, I feel like this is the one where I've really felt it. There was a lot of stuff. And as we were saying, like with the fireball as well, like that's not the type of thing you normally expect from NXT. That's a main roster. Yeah thing that they do yeah i mean even like i guess we'll talk about the fireball later but like even if we're talking about the fireball thing like there's a way to tie that to like the heart and soul of what nxt has been for a lot which is like a lot of influence from the territories like you know there was like there absolutely was a time when jerry Lawler was out here giving people fireballs in the territory in, in, uh, in memphis but they didn't this was just like a magic trick by Scarlet, by Scarlet, and I'm just like, ugh, ugh. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think last week I was just like, wait, after taking it back, I was just like, wait, wait. So what's the character development here? What are you actually trying to tell me? <laughs> like, does she have superpowers? Did Karen Cross slip yeah. in something that then exploded when he opened it? Does he? Is he really good with practical effects? Is that Karen Cross's thing? <laughs> I don't. I don't know what so, they were trying to do that. <laughs> yeah, like all just yeah, she just like learned how to do a Hadouken. I guess she was playing Street Fighter like <laughs> over the weekend. It's like I'm not, I'm not to conjure this in real life. <laughs> yeah, suck it, like everyone else, you're screwed. I can do a fireball. What are you gonna answer with yeah. that with? <laughs> yeah, she should yeah. be undefe- she should be undefeated. Like women's, she should be contending at uh, Takeover Thirty instead of Dakota Kai. Like she can <laughs> conjure fire. Yeah, like end of <laughs> end of that. Um, uh, yeah, moving on to form. Oh, I was going to say, who do we think is going to win in Cole McAfee? Oh, my God. <laughs> McAfee wins this shit here. <laughs> the amount of people I've been seeing saying that is like, oh, he's winning, isn't he? And uh, I've seen some uh, be like, well, which member of the Undisputed Era will turn? Because I think it's one of those, if you're going to have Pat win, give us like a, a, like a really heart-wrenching thing off of it. Like, you give us the thing we really don't want to see, but one of the Undisputed Era turn and i've seen different like each person i've seen given it uh, <laughs> given the thing uh, i'm not personally expecting that so <laughs> like if pat wins 
I don't think it's via Undisputed Era splitting up. I feel like they're turning the entire Undisputed Era, like, slowly turning them face, and that's what this kind of is for their final run in yeah. NXT. And, yeah. Uh, I don't know what would be called up to the main roster as, but I feel like this will be the fi- their final run will be as baby faces before they go. I mean, that, okay, so before I saw Retribution, mm. um, last time I was on the show, so I think it was like two weeks ago or three weeks ago. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, you asked me if, I, if this is a slow babyface turn, and I was like, no, because Adam Cole's acting like the biggest douche in the world. <laughs> like, you know, mm. I, I can't get, like, if he, if they are, like, then they, are, they have finally, like, fully gone into the this is main roster with, like, them not being able to make anybody seem likable. Um, but, you know, um, I feel like McAfee's done a good enough job to where, like, even though Adam Cole is still every bit the this, this scoundrel that McAfee is right in proclaiming him to be, like, I always felt like he was a cool hill. So, like, eventually, like, I felt like there was really no need to turn him babyface because he already kind of was. But if this is what they want to do, I guess, cool. But, like, I don't want to see McAfee win. And, like, because that means that kind of means you kind of have to do it again, and I don't want to see that. I don't even want to see it the first time. So, mm. um, you know, I don't know. Maybe this is the way, like, he's so embarrassed that he ha- that all the industry had to pack up and leave and go to- move on to the main roster as Retribution. Like, I feel like these new, like, Undisputed is re- Undisputed and somebody else or a, a group of other people are a Retribution, and we'll find that out eventually. Mm. I mean, their sizes and colors and everything changes every single week. <laughs> so who knows? That the, sec- the genders are changing as well. They're like those right. fish. <laughs> so who knows what they're going to actually uh, be when they get revealed. Uh, and again, I'm just waiting until SummerSlam when they can stop the um, seemingly, lower, seemingly lowering of like the stakes of the chaos. <laughs> it's like, oh, you put through cinder blocks through a glass window that Dawkins had already smashed just like two weeks ago. <laughs> and... And you had no plan to get in. <laughs> you just <laughs> smashed it, and they, they just left. So, oh, okay, it's all about the imagery, right? Mm. Well, I won't. Yeah. I won't ask too many questions about that because that might mm, turn me off the angle. But anyway, so moving on to uh, <laughs> this is a bit of a tonal shift. Uh, Aaliyah and Mercedes Martinez with Robert Stone, who, despite having both his legs run over, is perfectly fine. <laughs> he's all he's all good. Uh, versus Rhea Ripley and Shotzi Blackheart. Uh, Ripley holding nothing back from the start, a first brawling with Martinez and then launching poor Aaliyah across the ring. Uh, Martinez then able to swing back when up against Blackheart, like building up the two powerful lasses for their ultimate clash. I thought they did that really well in this. Uh, the two end up brawling towards the end again. Like in a similar look to Martinez's original attack, they fight on the apron. Uh, but this time, Ripley's able to avoid the boot and win out. Uh, the Aussie slides off the apron and grabs Martinez with a power bomb to the concrete floor. Cuts to a definitely there and shot of her. Definitely there and shot like not edited. <laughs> it's definitely just one thing. Uh, and then the shot of her writhing on the ground in pain. And uh, Shotzi flies off the top rope with the senton to Aaliyah for the win. Because that match is still going on. <laughs> After he got that big spot. Uh, I thought this built up Ripley and Martinez really well. And I feel like that's yes. really all they were aiming to do with this one. I, You know what? I think it did more. I want mm-hmm. to see um, eventually someone down the line. when, uh, Whenever the main roster... Women's tag team champions, whether it's um, Sasha and Bailey again, 
Um, but you know, in that same that similar fashion, um, I want to see Rhea Ripley and and Shotzi as a tag team and get a title shot. Um, they were real, they like they just fit together. Like I mean, you also had Rhea. Um, she she came out with the you know her, her I guess her because it's Sean and Hunter back there. She came out in her DX gear, which perfectly <laughs> matched with with Shotzi's uh, green. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you know the two rocker chicks came out there with all the piercings and they kicked ass. I I really enjoyed their team and they still like they were having fun. Yeah. And I feel like I feel like they're building Shotzi pretty well, where she feels a bit more of an underdog, the kind of wrestler that she is, building sympathy for her yeah. really well. Right. Uh, like it worked like, really. It, it, yeah, it worked really well with um, Shotzi getting you know setting up the hot tag for Rhea to go out there and you know just start throwing uh, mm. clotheslines. It, it was I thought it was really well done. It's the thing that NXT did really well for Kyrie Sane, where. They kind of build her up as the like kind of the lovable baby face. It's like any kind of like, yeah, you can do it with that kind of sense of, but you could get your ass kicked. <laughs> so I like that. Um, yeah. Again, uh, I'll call that quite a big pace uh, comparing it to Kyrie Sane. But still, uh, yeah, like... yeah, I, I, yeah, we know, we know, <laughs> <laughs> we know there are levels. It's, it's cool. We yeah. get what you mean, though. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm. <laughs> I'm, I'm looking forward to uh, the Ray Ripley and Mercedes Martinez. Like, I really rate Mercedes Martinez. Again, there's a reason in the Lords of Pain Fantasy draft that she was the linchpin of my women's division. Like, I really rate Martinez, and it was especially in a heel role. And again, when I when I drafted her, she wasn't a heel. And now that she is, I was like, oh, yes, I get to see the thing that I was making up. <laughs> that was great to see. Um yeah, I feel like everyone's in the right roles and uh, Mercedes Martinez very Ripley being built up pretty well. And it's nice to see an NXT rivalry that isn't in a championship match that also isn't about formally being friends. So, oh, they've done it! They've <laughs> <laughs> done it. <laughs> oh. oh, yes. <laughs> so, so, yeah, I, I'm, I'm enjoying this one. I'm ready for their match. They built it up really well. Personally, I think I would have liked that to be on TakeOver over Balor versus Thatcher. Hmm. Just because it's again, there's only one women's match, and they've made a habit of having two. And I thought, I, I would have been good with them having both of those matches on there, and they having six matches. But hmm. um, I don't know how much of the uh, Loomis injury affected what they're oh, what they were planning as far as building towards getting you know all the stuff. Because you know the for them to have to announce Finn Balor versus Thatcher, like they granted, like they did all the work except for the announcement on air, but. Um, you know, just having to do it at the last second, you know, it, it felt like, you know, we were going in there and only three matches had really been built up to where not beyond just, you know, where they're headed, just actually like, you know, where they're heading. You can't wait to see them, you know, do their thing. Um, so like all of it came together at, you know, well at the very end, but it was kind of like, oh, uh, okay. You know, this is a lot, this is a far, this, you know, it's not necessarily the worst thing in the world that they changed it up, but like, this is a far cry from when like, they would they would have basically everything done, and then almost the last week is almost based like a whole promotional show for the um, for the takeover. So um, things had to change, but um, I, I you know I can't wait to see Rhea versus uh, Mercedes. I just can't. Mm. Job well done, NXT. Job well done. Uh, and this it kind of naturally leads us into just the uh, final VTR packages. Uh, hyping up the show. I've already talked about the main event, so we get to end on the, a rundown for the card and an amazing promo package as well. Uh, the card rundown first, and I'll just say uh, one note there's nothing less cool and hype removing than a commentator saying, 
the sports entertainment world continues to be a buzz about and whatever. Like, it's like a crappy line taking out of a mediocre video game. Come at me, 2K fans. <laughs> Come at me. <laughs> like, it's just, oh, just whenever I hear that, I'm just like, oh, it feels like it was written by a 50 year old man and delivered by a 40 year old man. <laughs> I just don't, oh, I just don't care. <laughs> it's just, no. Oh, don't care. Uh, also, there's a low-flying airplane going overhead, so if you can hear that, that's cool. <laughs> that's not... uh, I haven't heard it because I can't hear you over the fact there's a thunderstorm outside oh, Central okay. Florida in the summer. That's oh. what it does. It rains cats and dogs. <laughs> the gators won't like that. <laughs> I don't know much about Florida, but <laughs> the gators. I saw the story about an alligator in a school and the guy just dragging it. Dragging that. There's a video and the guy just dragged the alligator out and the alligator's like, yeah, that's about right. <laughs> Just like no yeah. face. Yeah. Um. At my at my at my house right now, I am about um, maybe maybe a hundred yards from a uh, lake slash pond that has gators in it. So I I understand. Mm. I get you. I get the gator <laughs> thing in Florida and all the jokes. I get it. I get it. Uh, a lot of it's true. <laughs> there uh, are a lot of it's true. There are alligators. <laughs> confirmed. <laughs> confirmed. <laughs> Conspiracy confirmed. Uh, Keith Lee versus Karen Cross. We got an amazing pay-per-view quality VTR package, as we often do with NXT. In these kind of like this final week, we'll normally get a promo package for one of the big matches with a lot of effort put into it, and it's just something about it where it doesn't feel like a main roster one, where a lot of it will be trying to turn crap into gold. <laughs> which is a good way to explain it like normally in NXT it's already been good and then when you revisit the stuff you're like oh I remember that oh that was great oh we're all getting to see the climax of it this Sunday oh that's awesome and it's mm-hmm. yeah it's, they, I feel like they they did a decent job where even the crappy stuff where I didn't like it at the time it worked in this promo package I felt like the way it was edited the order they did it in what came after what the going across uh, things uh, favourite line of the promo was uh, about as a you're the man who climbs a mountain to find out at the top it was actually a volcano. It's like oh, amazing line. Yeah, uh, and then it's, like it's a transition into fire at the end. The fireball yeah. at the end. Of the... <laughs> yeah. I mean that was a bit. <laughs> uh, the line was good. Though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And to be honest, um, if you take the fireball out of it, which is just you know so preposterous, if you take that out, everything else in this whole program has worked perfectly. Mm. Just one thing is one terrible, gigantic thing, but it, but this promo, this build, the Dijak stuff, um, the pro the, the getting Keith Lee out of the mode of being the happy go lucky MC baby face that WWE has made most of their champions, uh, baby face champions over the last dec- decade or so. Like it was so good or still is so good. It is, um, mm. And you know, I I still want to see their match. Uh, I I still can't wait to see th- these two dudes like lock it up. Yes, they've they've done. And I think part of that is just because I was fans of both these guys before WWE, and I've seen them wrestle the kind of style of match I'm assuming they're going to have against different opponents, and mm-hmm. that's got me excited. Like knowing what Keith Lee's like against big men. Like one of my favorite Keith Lee matches was against Walter. It's just like, oh, just, in that era where you hear a lot of like pure WWE fans just say, it's like, why are you watching the indies floor with the, which is just like your little indie tiny people just doing their flips and things? And I'm sitting there going, 
I'm watching Keith Lee Walter. <laughs> what are they talking about? Those guys are massive. Um, but yeah, so yeah, Keith Lee gets big men really works, and Karrion Cross as he's suplexing big men as well also really works. And I, I can't really wait. And I think we were talking about it last time. They built it up well enough where I'm praising them like I would praise New Japan, where they've built up either competitor really well to the point where I don't know who's going to win. I have my personal favourite, just because of uh, you always get that when you watch something. Like I'm leaning towards Keith Lee. I would like Keith Lee to win. However, they've built it up so well that I really wouldn't mind if Karrion Cross won. Like both avenues for me are appealing in terms of what comes next, where do we go after this? Like both are really appealing to me. Like if Karrion Cross wins, then my assumption is Keith Lee goes to the main roster, and Keith Lee is surely star bound with everything about him. Surely, surely, <laughs> surely. Oh, they did so well last year with the Roman Reigns thing, and then the Royal Rumble spot where he felt big on both moments. Like, come on, WWE, you can do this. Yeah. I believe in you. You're in the Thunderdome now. <laughs> you can do it. Yeah. Yeah, it's just a thing when it comes to the moments, you know, it's like mm. the moments are fleeting with them and far between and like they give you hope because you realize like, look what they can do. And then it's all about like either to build up the moments or the follow up. And they're so bad with that. That is like on the main roster, at least um, it's like, why should I have any faith that you want to, you know, follow through with this? Like, sure, you can. Maybe the best hope is that you know you only mess up seven or twenty five percent of it, and they can click fix it with the video package along the way. You know before the match comes out, but you watch their TV and it, it, more times than not, just like Ugh. <laughs> like they did it with Matt Riddle as a case and point. Matt Riddle debuts, has an amazing match with AJ Styles. It's like oh maybe they could, but like the very next week they've got him explaining a story from his childhood which has affected him and that's why he doesn't wear shoes anymore like yeah. what are you doing you don't have to explain that just, just he just right. doesn't wear shoes why do you wear shoes prefer it that's it that's all you need right <laughs> you just and I, you don't do more than that yeah i heard about that and then another part about it is like if you feel that need then i need you to go back and explain why you didn't feel that need with rusev back in 2014 because you didn't do it then and it was perfectly fine like yeah yeah fans won't mind that much it's fine it's fine don't need a going out in the cold backstory. <laughs> I don't know what that was. <laughs> that was crazy. Oh, God, of course I got frostbite. What are you talking about? <laughs> Just leave it. Right. Uh, but yes, this match, um, in terms of predictions, it's because I don't mind either way. I find it a little bit difficult. Like normally, in terms of momentum, you'd pick one over the other. I feel like the absolute role Carrion Cross has been on feel like surely he's winning even though I want Keith Lee to win so my answer is both <laughs> I guess <laughs> it's not a great answer um, I'm going to go with Keith Lee uh, I feel like if you are going to um, if you're going to make him the champion in June you should not take the belt off of him in August mm. I think that's stupid Mm-hmm. Um, same goes for, and also kind of same goes for, uh, Io Shirai. Like we've been overran over the last 
two and a half years to three years with NXT with just overwhelming like heat champions. Like we had at one point we got we finally got the TV um, NXT on USA. Like every single champion after uh, uh, Roddy won the US title, every single champion was a heel. Like we had Johnny Gargano after chasing the belt for eighteen months, like hold the belt for two months, mm-hmm. and then it was out on hold for four hundred days. It's like we had Shayna. Shayna lost the belt and got. And then won it back, and then went on to hold the belt for like a year and change. Like, I, I'm sorry. Like, the purpose of Heat is to get a payoff, and like having these baby faces like only hold the belt for a month or two sucks. Mm. It really does. Like, I understand. Like, you know, you're in a schedule and you cycle these people in and, and shuffle them along. But it's like we're in a point now where NXT guys don't you know, do a year, year and a half, two years, and are out of here. Like, now we got Johnny Gargano's. We have Adam, the Undisputed Era, you know. Um, some of these guys are going to be around for a while, so it's, I think it's best for you not to have them win titles, you know, as a Bay face, lose, and then just move on to the next guy to get heat to build to the next guy for a short-term thing. Like, you got what's the point of watching this show if you have no protagonists that can't, like, ever hold on to the belt for, for a long time? Like, that's one of the big issues with the main roster. Mm. Um, so I think, you know, them not knowing how to have a sustainable baby face is likable, like, you know, obviously there's problems with overexposure in, in five hours television, but aside from that, just not good at doing that. NXT's better at their baby faces, so it's like you might want to keep the guy, people that are around are likable around, you know, at the top, and then, you know, have them be the heroes of the show. Um, but, you know, we'll see. I'm, the way the way you've, you talked about it, you know, given that we had the situation about... um conversation a few weeks about um with undisputed is turning babyface and i thought no just dismissed it offhand like now it makes you wonder like yeah are they just gonna like put the belts on eo and, and keith lee in june and then take the belts off them by august and then like tell them move on to the main roster it's like great <laughs> like we couldn't have mm. we couldn't have like put the belts on them months earlier than this and then like had their you know a substantial run and then move on from there like you know there is i know there's money in the chase but like if no one ever gets to the mountain for long, then what's the point of the chasing? Like, we're just going to go, oh, he's another person going to win a belt for two weeks and then move on. Great. Or two months and then mm. move on. I feel like one thing that might really hurt them in terms because I'm starting to feel a bit of, right, I'm okay, I'm done with you in this. Like Johnny Gargano, that feeling of, I feel like you're done with NXT. It's that thing of, why are you still here? Even though you're, right. even though you're great, I think he's a fantastic wrestler, one of the best wrestlers going. It's just that, Character-wise, I've kind of done with him. Like I'm ready to see him somewhere new in a new environment. But with him going against AEW, I don't know if there's that kind of feeling like, oh, we should establish stars and keep them on NXT. But at the end of the day, it's a developmental. And that feeling right. of, right, it's time to move on. Like, we're kind of getting with Undisputed Era. Like, I was talking about with Johnny Gargano. That's going to happen. Yeah, That won't happen with AEW, because they're essentially, that's their main roster. It's Right. It's like going up against, I guess, AW Dark, but that is a bit more of a thing. But then Dark are like, oh, what, well, we were going up against them on YouTube, so we should probably not call them up to the main show. It's like, oh, this, like no. <laughs> like, at the end of the day, it's developmental, and those people have got to move right. on. And that's going to... I feel like the draw to have stars that people recognise and have them go up, and I think the telling factor was this week in terms of the... Uh, t- because the ratings came out, and NXT did 800,000 and something. 
like eight hundred and fifty something thousand. Yeah. Mm. So in terms of like there was there was no AEW which has routinely what seven hundred eight hundred thousand themselves most weeks. Eight hundred, yeah, eight hundred, yeah. And NXT gets what six hundred thousand more often than not. Yeah, yeah. Mm. I mean, it's two different fan bases. Yeah, that's like there's some over yeah. there's some overlaps there's some overlap no doubt mm. but like for the most part they're two different fan bases. Mm. I feel and that's what it's proved this week was only two hundred thousand tuned in, the majority right. of them didn't, and AEW got like two hundred thousand watching all out on a replay on their YouTube channel, like. What's that? Two hundred and twenty thousand. I know it's a massive difference, but <laughs> it's one of those two numbers. Like it did well, and just kind of like yeah, proving a point. It's two completely different fan bases, and there is some overlap, as we pointed out with the two hundred thousand. But NXT, like there was there was a little bit of intrigue going in. It's like oh well, will the fan base be the overall number? Will they actually get over a million or something like that? Like when it's just the one on. And the answer was no. And in terms of right. In terms of NXT, I feel like at the end of the day, it is a developmental for WWE, and right. maybe right. that could hinder them. It's a third brand. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Right. And, and them not calling up Undisputed Era, them not calling up Johnny Gargano, I feel like that could, in the long run, start to hurt them, especially hmm. if, if they're trying to build stars. I mean, the I mean. The the lifeblood of NXT was the fact that you got these people in and they gave you the matches that they were kind of like the best of the matches they were having before they got to WWE mm. for like a year to two years or whatever. And then they went to die on the main roster. <laughs> yeah, that was a lifeblood. It was like new talent, fresh acts. Nothing got ever got stale because it's kind of similar to all Japan women's in the nineties where it's like they had the age limit where like you were done once you turned 26 or 25 hmm. where like you have these people, they're doing the best work they can. And like the cards in the roster will look totally different two years from now. Um, so you never have to rely on, you know, Randy Orton again, you know? Hmm. Um, so now we're at a point where, like we mentioned, um, that was a Brooklyn three when, uh, ring it when, Adam Cole showed up with mm. Red Dragon, right? Yeah. That was three years. Like, three, two years in wrestling is a long-ass time. But, you know, people, you know, when you think about it, um, of all the stuff you go through, the number of programs you have, the amount of stuff that changes and rosters, like, two years is a long time of wrestling. Um, so three years is even longer. You're, you're right about that. And, like, you know, we're, in, we're still in the honeymoon period with um, AW. You know, we're, we're approaching, we're at 10 months. You know, yeah. or actually closer to eleven months, like, you know, we're still trying. Like, I'm thinking, me and we're talking about this um, on the show on Sunday. Like, what are we going to do with um, Jericho and Orange Cassidy once they're done with each other? Because I don't think there's any smooth places to go right now. And it's like that's going to be a problem, or not a problem, but like that's going to be a challenge just that's naturally occurring for any program, any any um, promotion. Like, what are you going to do with the top of your card? In this era, when people are trying to retain as much talent as possible, people are trying to get locked up into five-year contracts on the WWE side, um, AEW has locked up a lot of people into three years. Like, what's going to happen after this honeymoon period wears off? Like, you know, I have faith in them because everything they've done, or most of what they've done so far has been so good. Uh, but, like, that's still a challenge that they have to eventually tackle. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm interested to see how to handle it. And I'm same thing for NXT over these next couple years when... There are people that they feel like they need to keep in on the main on yeah, sorry on um, NXT because like they go to because they're going to be u- effectively useless on the main roster defensively and like you know 
what is Johnny Gar- what is Johnny Gargano? You <laughs> <Yeah>. know, <clears throat> like if he can't figure out Ricochet, he's never gonna figure out Gargano. And obviously, Gargano's a way better promo. But he's, so my point is the same. Mm. Like he's still gonna see all he's gonna see is a small guy. He's not gonna care about like the fact that like he you know he's one of the best wrestlers, the best wrestler mm. in America. No one's gonna care, or he's not gonna care. Mm. Now, there's a reason like Cesaro is seen as one of the fan favorite people to leave WWE and try elsewhere in the current environment. Just because, right. like when you've got wrestlers that incredible, it's kind of it de- like someone right. like R Truth works in WWE, right? Like, <laughs> just one hundred percent. Somebody a like, great role too. Yeah, a great role to have. Comedy, a comedy yeah. prelim person that you know can't actually wrestle, has mm. respect as a wrestler, as a worker. Yeah. We know that, and you know is a great, great at comedy and do- has done his thing for years. Absolutely. Mm. And I, I guess you're kind of seeing it now with like MVP Bobby Lashley. That that, that there's. Uh, Drew McIntyre as well put into that mm. bracket. All people who really do fit in WWE, like Randy Orton, WWE wrestler through and through. But right. uh, there are people there like Cesaro who are never really going to be appreciated in WWE, but the mm-hmm. fans can see them, and that kind of style would really work in AEW. And I'm quite interested to yeah. see like, over the years where we start to get a bit more of a, I guess, 90s feel where they're going back and forth. Like, you see AEW yep. guys on WWE, you see WWE guys on AEW. I feel like mm-hmm. it's only a matter of time till that happens. And we've seen it with the releases from WWE, where they've popped up on AEW. Even if it's just going to be, like, a short spell or something, you've seen the wrestlers who have got relationships. Because, of course, like, people in AEW are friends with the people who work in WWE. Like, right. the rivalry right. doesn't actually exist <laughs> like it's, it's a, only it's only yeah. in this man's head and in the fans that are mm. like have tied their identities to whichever yeah. brand they like more than the other one yeah that's yeah. it yeah i think we talked about it before where brand loyalty like neither of us is like that's not a thing like <laughs> yeah <laughs> they're not your friends <laughs> they're going, uh, right yeah <laughs> they just want your money marks yeah <laughs> 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 oh. uh, but yeah so Take over 30 this Sunday, not Sunday, Sunday's bloody SummerSlam, so much wrestling. Uh, this Saturday's Take Over and AEW. I mean, if you want both on at the same time like a mad person, <laughs> I guess you could. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, so this Saturday night is uh, Take Over 30. Uh, we've, we've touched on each match on the card as well. Uh, the least Finn Balor Thatcher because, uh, I mean, NXT touched on it the least, so it makes sense. We mentioned it was happening right. and that was about it. Uh, there is a three-team tag team number one contenders match. I think that'll be on yep. the pre-show. Pre-show. Yeah, pre-show. Then that's for pre-show. Um, yeah. It's uh, Breezango versus um, Wild in Mendoza versus uh, Birch in, in Lorcan. I was trying to remember who third team was. Yes. Uh, yeah, that'll be fine. I mean, if you want more wrestling, you can get it <laughs> on the pre-show. This, this weekend's loaded, by the way. Mm. Yeah, this loaded. Week- to me, like, because I've got NXT TakeOver, which I think I'm going to watch live. Then on Sunday, I'm going to have AEW. And then Saturday, right. SummerSlam. And of course, I'm live with Aftershock right. after SummerSlam. Like, <clears throat> God, there's so much. And then it's back yep. into the same rhythm. Like, Tuesday, up yeah. again for Raw Review. <laughs> like, there's like one but day break. E- yeah. yeah. But also that weekend, like, you know, if you're a person that, you know, is into uh, international wrestling, there is... Stardom has their two gigantic shows um, in Yokohama um, on Saturday oh, and Sunday. Weekend? Those oh. that's this weekend. Yep. Um, oh, I, I forgot. Which you know, with, with title matches, huge uh, exhibition singles matches. Uh, you know, people. Uh, you know. Uh, but anyway, um, 
you also have then you also have the Rev Pro show, their first like show in, in forever with uh, a tag match between uh, Osprey and, and um, Michael Oja. Um, and then you also have their women's title match between um, Jamie Hayter of Stardom and um, and B. I'm sorry, not, not B. Priestley, but uh, but Giselle Shaw. So that's going to be one of the what I imagine one of the better um, uh, women's matches of the year. So like, I mean, there's a lot of stuff going on this weekend. And then next weekend after that is Summer Struggle for New yeah, Japan. Yeah, going to Jingu for a for a baseball stadium show. <laughs> it should be kind of interesting. Right. Yes. Uh, and of course, not forget. I'll start. I'll be starting off my Saturday by watching the Thunderdome. Oh, <laughs> the Thunderdome. <laughs> so, so how how excited are you for uh, your excitement level one to ten compared to like, let's say five years ago or or seven years ago, Summer Slams? Uh, for so, well, it's um, it's an odd one. So for the again for the last two years. I stopped watching mm-hmm. WWE all summer. Just went to Japan. I'd write about New Japan. Like, G1 Climax will be happening now. And it was probably finished right. by now. But that would be, like, the thing taking up my time. And I tuned back in for SummerSlam. And I found myself... Like, I'll be looking forward to it because it's my jump back in. It's like... I was like, yeah, that's this thing I've not watched for months. I'm looking forward to seeing what if they've got their feet back or whatever. Like, last year where it was the summer of just throwing crap at the wall and seeing what sticks. Like, every two, three weeks was something new. Who remembers Raw Dark? Ugh, that was a thing. <laughs> so, like, case in yeah, point. 24, 20, the 24-7 title was born. Um, you know, Ember Moon, Ember Moon, like, may have, like, lost her career because of that stupid conga line chasing the uh, the, the 24-7 title. Uh, and it's... <laughs> so there's so much stuff in the world. The wild card rule, just changing, changing what it meant every other week. People switching bands, jumping back. There was just so much randomness just thrown out there. Well, I just tuned out. I went, I'm going to wait for you to fig- just to sort your feet out, <laughs> and I'll come back for SummerSlam. And for the past two years, I have enjoyed SummerSlam. I've gone into it going, oh god, this card looks long, and just kind of like expecting a difficult to watch show. But for me, mm-hmm. I've enjoyed the flow of SummerSlam. So I kind of. I go in like this. This is now the third one where if they get nail the flow again, and that's for me three years in a row where I would have enjoyed SummerSlam. Mm-hmm. So I feel like yeah. there's a bit of a recent precedent where the show itself is actually quite good. And yeah, it was just the, there's uh, like a there's like this thing the last three years in SummerSlam where like there's a stretch of like the like either the first half or the last half of of the mm-hmm. show is really good, and then like. But the opposite half, the other <laughs> oh, half, yeah. is just like, what happened? What's going on? Like, why is this mm. half a good, good ass show? Like, I yeah, think, so was it, I'm with you. Was it last year? Well, I think they got a bit of criticism for starting relatively weak and then building up and up and up. And I was like, well, they've done a Vessel Kingdom card. The so. main event. The main <laughs> event. Yeah. yeah. Uh, the last two years were like that. But I remember 2000. That'd be 2017, uh, where like, you know, you had the pre. They put. Usos versus the New Day on the pre-show. They have maybe the best pre-show match in oh, WWE yeah. history. <laughs> yeah. um, and then you know that's back in the summer of tag teams. Whereas like you know Ambrose and Rollins are kind of like having this like in the bar, kind of having like this you know top this thing with the Usos and the New Day between the brands, and it's just a great um, you know rivalry within a rivalry, mm. uh, a rivalry within rivalries. <laughs> uh, but and, uh, but yeah, like. That was just a, a crazy first half of that show, and then like after that, I just like fell off a cliff. Mm. Uh, so, uh, in terms of how much am I excited for it, I don't know. I'll I'll mm. temper it with how the Thunderdome looks on SmackDown. <laughs> <laughs> so. I'll the Thunderdome. Okay. <laughs> well, we've, so 
pyro and all of that. They've, I'm assuming there's going to be the augmented reality again, just with all that stuff coming out. Um, there's the Kev, I'm dreading Kevin Dunn cuts in the Guess Who kind of uh, screen crowd, where looking mm-hmm. flat on was so much information as it is. Put that with Kevin Dunn cuts, and I'm really just like, God, these first few weeks are going to be hell as they figure out which angles they should be jump cutting between. Never mind the angles they really shouldn't be. <laughs> so it's so yeah. dear. I think also at play is going to be like how like Triple H back there trying to tell Kevin Dunn how to shoot like the celebrity that's going to be on the screen that they show and like mm. just do it how we do when we have a takeover and there's a new indie person coming in and he's like and then Kevin Dunn's like no I want to have four cuts of that. Mm. <laughs> so, retribution that's what I'm dreading the most because they do shaky cam and zoom it's like a uh, fight in a Transformers movie where you've got absolutely oh, no God. idea yes. <laughs> what is going on yes I um, often yeah. I often uh, compare uh, Michael Bay in, in Kevin Dunn I often do mm, I often it's, do it's, it's just that it's like for me that's not how you film a fight because you could be, right. you can't follow it at all like you, right. you you're not the raid <laughs> just tell you that you know exactly <laughs> Uh, yeah, yeah, well, at least Raid has you know like the the tracking shots they they hold you know but yeah I, I get what you mean they, it changes yeah yeah so I yeah oh yeah I'll temper it I, I don't know are you looking forward to it it's, I feel like uh, it could be good but, uh. oh okay so I've really liked um, McIntyre's championship run like. Mm. He comes Same, out, yeah. He, you know, they have him be the baby face that we've talked about where he's an MC or whatever else and a little over jovial. But, like, when it comes down to he gets in the ring, like, he busts his ass every every time I've seen him. I check, you know, I check for Raw, like, almost every other week. Uh, I've liked his title defenses on pay-per-view. I really liked the Rollins match. I really liked the, the Lashley match till the finish where they had to, you know, they did some, that wacky thing to have a rematch down the line eventually. Um, so... And I, and like Randy Orton on the mic has been great uh, this year. Um, mm. You know, I think I think if we were to talk about most number of quality promos this year, I think it's him and like Moxie. You know, in in some order, probably, I think Moxie probably has more, but like I don't think anyone else has more than than Orton, which is a shock considering like what his rap was, you know, a decade ago. <laughs> um, but yeah, like so, and you know, he's Oscar versus two horsewomen in title matches, like. Obviously, one is gonna one or two, even two of them gonna have screwy finishes, but like the quality of the wrestling is gonna be there. So like, there's gonna be stuff on on the card for me there to enjoy. Um, but like, you know, Bray Wyatt versus Braun Strowman. Eh. Yeah, nah. yeah, nah. <laughs> bold Strowman. He's he's bold yeah. now. <laughs> so big bold. Do we know match yet, or is it gonna be like some stiff? Uh, I think it's a, a singles match so that they can do the fiend entrance. Okay, so I th- I think that if they have a regular match with regular rules with a clean finish, which you know it's a Bray Wyatt match, so mm. that's not going to happen probably. <laughs> but I kind of liked some of the stuff they were doing before they started pulling out the puppets in their first match, regular match. I think there was a Money in the Bank, I think. Mm. So you know, it's not a swamp match. Hopefully, there's no puppets at ringside. <laughs> Maybe they actually have a, a little fun match. I don't know. <laughs> I'll just bet on right. that at all. I know. It's very oh, wide on pay-per-view. Yeah. I know. <laughs> uh, so, uh, to shift gears into plugging our stuff before we sign off, uh, I am currently in a mad edit to get a... Work... I recorded it yesterday. 
So I'm in a mad edit to get it up maybe some point tomorrow, some point on Saturday. A, uh, I got uh, Ash from Wrestling Shorts and we did a, a worst case scenarios roulette where we split the matches in half. We, picked, we had four each and we had to ha- create two horrific scenarios for those matches and we eat, then had to pick like which one would we go with. <laughs> so it's a pick of the worst. <laughs> what will you do kind of scenario. Uh, so uh, that was really fun to record, but I'm in a mad edit trying to get that done in time. Because, yeah, it'll be a video, so, you know, doubly crazy. I will re- release a podcast version as well, yes, because I'm doing a big edit of the sound as well. So hopefully I'll get that out. In fact, I'm saying this at 3am tells you just how busy I am. <laughs> There's so much going on. <laughs> right. <laughs> so, uh, that'll, so that should hopefully be up by Saturday, because at least give it a day to be up before SummerSlam airs. So fingers crossed. We'll see how that goes. Uh, also, I will be live after SummerSlam. There's going to be no post NXT thing because, again, I'm not going to go live on that. And then after that, again, when I'm, there's a very strong chance I'll be up all night editing. <laughs> so then, no way in hell. Uh, but I'll be so I'll be live after SummerSlam for the SummerSlam aftershock. And uh, I think between that here on Lords of Pain, there'll be a the podcast special for the WWF Legacy series, the history of the WWF run can't remember where they're at now i think they've just done the that the uh royal rumble after the mega powers split no i can't be right they must be forming the mega powers they didn't split but they're doing the mega powers era about that bit in wwf that is i think that's SummerSlam 88 era yeah so yeah 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 royal rumble 89 i think they did last week so Whatever pay per view or event, or I think actually they are it's unabridged, so they're going to the TV show afterwards. I think that's what they're doing this week. So okay. Like proper, not leaving anything out because uh, I can't recommend the show enough. It's <laughs> just the amount of detail they go into, uh, not leaving anything. Um, so that will come out tomorrow on the uh, podcast side, uh, YouTube side. Don't think there's anything until I get the video up. <laughs> so whenever I finish that, whenever I collapse in a heap <laughs> with it finished, <laughs> so. Uh, that will hopefully be up and I think that's everything I need to plug follow me on Twitter at the damn Implicat. go to wrestling headlines for your wrestling news there's the fantasy draft that's up in the columns there's the column in the columns forum there's the people in the columns forum writing columns in the columns forum <laughs> there's uh, there's other, the other columnists posting stuff as well I need to post a column on the main page I think the last one I did was for um, the, 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 the New Japan summer show begins with D uh I've just got went, went to the 80s, so I've got demolition in my head. <laughs> but it's whatever it's called. Uh, what is it called? <laughs> you, everybody, Pete New Japan fans know the show. I mean, the big ten sun. best matches of Barry Darso. Uh, <laughs> yes, New Japan demolition. <laughs> so um, that was the last column I wrote. So if I'm right, I should be. I think I'll be writing something on um, the show in Jingo, their summer struggle. So I'll finally have a column okay. up next week. Uh, but read the other columns. Everyone else had been knocking them out, including Social Suplexes, uh, Clive from the Rick and Clive show. He put one up uh, this morning, I think, if you want to go and read that one, which I think is a nice transition into uh, James plugging all the stuff that he needs to plug. Uh, run away. Not run oh, away. Man. <laughs> you know what I mean? Oh, man. Uh, okay, so first things first. Uh, I'm, I'm selfish, so I'll say my thing first. You can follow me on Twitter at JamesBoard87. Um, I, I host a podcast called Money's Radio. Um, you can follow that at One H Radio. Um, we're part of the Social Suplex Podcast Network. Um, and 
yeah, like we we have a bunch of stuff from from everything. Oh, we also have a pro wrestling tees shop. So www dot uh, com slash uh, social suplex. Um, pick up some free merch. Not free. Take that back. You can take up some merch though. Uh, but yeah, that's that's a lot of stuff I got uh, for you there. So. And you can uh, check him out on One Nation Radio over the Social Supex Network. Have you got any big collaboration things planned for SummerSlam? Or are you just going to run the schedule as normal? Um, schedule as normal. Um, it, it's it's weird. Like, a lot, you know, a lot of us are watching a lot less main roster mm. stuff, so we're a lot less um, hyped to have less, you know, um, super coverage for um, SummerSlam. Like, I was talking about it last week with Rich at the end of the show, and I was like, dude, like, can you imagine, like, you know, same question I posed to you like five, you know, five, seven years ago, like feeling this way about SummerSlam um, is like our, you know, our tastes have evolved. Um, the company has changed a lot. Um, you know, I, I just wish that, you know, they, you know, the main roster had their heads on a little bit straighter and we probably still or not probably I, I'm sure we will still be into it. like most of our favorite wrestlers are still. In WWE, we, we want to see them have great kick-ass matches and do all these awesome things that we know they're capable of and seeing them do in the past and have track records of, you know, um, being at a certain level is just, you know, right now they're just in a bad spot right now creatively, <laughs> a real bad spot. Mm. Uh, yes, and it's a weird one. I'll see how excited I am about the, if SmackDown's a train wreck or not. <laughs> we'll see how it goes. <laughs> uh, so... Uh, yes. tune in to all the stuff that we just plug follow us on Twitter and all of that jazz as well I've put both of our Twitters in the description as well so if you can't spell they're there to click on <laughs> you just click on them and they're right there uh, and oh, there's one last thing to plug which has lost my mind I do apologise to whoever told well, me to plug the thing well I'll give, I'll, save you, I'll give you some time like if you don't know how to spell our our, uh, our plugs or anything like that then you know maybe I suggest you like you know I'll give you a shout out and you go ahead and check out Hooked on Phonics. Maybe teach you how to read some. You know, could you know could help you out if you can't spell one issue radio. <laughs> you know, any, any any little bit can help. You know, it's never too late. It's never too late to learn how to read. <laughs> Social right, suplexes. You gotta give me all, you gotta, I'm fucking around and say something offensive. James is already done with the manscape plugging. He's looking for new sponsors. <laughs> Just... oh. Uh, anyway, um, yeah, so I'm going to sign off now. I do apologise to the person that I've just, it's just not coming. It's 3 a.m. It's not happening. <laughs> so uh, you could. Uh, so I'll be here on Sunday for Aftershock and hopefully get the video up. Hear my voice uh, on Saturday uh, and uh, schedule as normal after that as well with a raw review and the NXT review next week. Uh, I am going to be woken up tomorrow. The builders. I've got an extension built. The builders coming early to knock a wall through. Oh, that's going to be a nice 7am wake up <laughs> with the wall just behind my bedroom door just getting smashed open. <laughs> so a whole house is going to be vibrating so, so early in the morning. So that's great. <laughs> so uh, on a final note, a <coughs> thank you to James Boyd for coming on to the show. Uh, and uh, I'll bid you adieu and James will bid you yeah, two hours. <laughs> two hours. Ten.